You're invited to the castle of Dr. Brain. It's Amigos, episode 306. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. Today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about the castle of Dr. Brain. Ooh. Aaron, where do you stand on castles? Are you a fan? I love the castles, but I like White Castle, for example. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of that. You know, so that. But yeah, castles are great. I, there's a there's a castle in Kentucky. I don't know. You ever you ever been to that the place? No. Yeah, there's a big castle out. I think they rent it now for uh, you know romantic in, in encounters, like weekend, really? overnight stays. Yeah, it's a oh. straight up castle. <laughs> are they really upfront about that? Like, well, if I mean, you want a place uh, to have a tryst? Aren't you watching the eyebrows? I mean, it's I mean, oh, okay. it's it's a bed and breakfast or whatever. But uh, I mean, bed and breakfast. You know what that? You're means. not gonna take the kids to the castle. You know, and yeah. just chill out. I mean, that's not the way it goes down. This is a romantic. This is like honeymoon levels of of joy. Okay. You know? Have you been to a real castle? Like stood on one? Because you've been over to Europe a bunch of times. Well, on on my honeymoon, we went to the Weston Glass Museum. Uh, is that a castle? N- no. That's where I you think went it's on your honeymoon. Of the castle. Is that near the? Yeah. Is that up near the insane asylum? It is. We <laughs> went to that too. I'm assuming we stumbled in on a tour and were asked to leave because we did not pay. <laughs> You're kidding me. Well, no, well you know how to show story. a girl a good time on the old honeymoon, don't you? That's right. Let's, that's right. Let's I, try I, I a bootleg asylum for the rest of her life with me. <laughs> she should check herself into that asylum. Would you live in a castle if you, <laughs> if you had the option? Yeah, I would. That'd be awesome. Heck yeah, I would. Would, would you? you? Would you design it to be to look like a real medieval castle? Or would you have it be all wacky, like the castle of Dr. Brain? You don't want me to design a castle. That would be bad times. I mean, are you kidding me? Would you rather live in a castle than a mansion? Oh, yeah, because castles have turrets. You know what I'm saying? Castles have murder holes. Castle had spiral staircases. You know what I'm saying? Castles have big, huge bonfires in the castle. Mm, You know what I'm saying? Because they're made of stone. They're a big, huge stone. It's like a stone... It's like a stone small village with a bunch of buildings. That'd be awesome, you know? You know, the coolest castle I've ever been to was when I went to France and I went to Mont Saint-Michel. Ooh. Are you familiar with this place? Uh, what was the name of it again? Mont Saint-Michel. No, I've never Saint-Michel. heard of it. Mount Saint-Michel. Nope, no, no. Uh, so this is a this is it was built in medieval times, probably Oof. 8 yeah. or 900 AD. Yeah. And uh it's literally built out of a mountain. Like they they literally just like chiseled a castle out of this this island. Yeah. Okay. It's incredible to see this thing looming over the distance. Have you ever seen Howl's Moving Castle before? That Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, yes, long ago. Okay. I saw that. You know, there's there's scenes where they show the castle off in the distance, and you just see the silhouette. Yeah. Well, that's what this thing looks like when you approach it from the road. It's incredible. And the fact that this thing was built, you know, over a thousand years ago is is crazy. The you know, in the no machines, of course, is all built from human hands. Yeah. Um, and it has a really interesting history. It was a monastery for a long time. Then during the French Revolution, they turned it into a prison, and it was a prison for a while. And so uh, it's it's a really really neat place. Uh, so that's that's probably my favorite castle I've ever been to. But that all said, I have not been to the castle in Kentucky, so I, I don't. I'm reserving judgment. You know, it's better. You know, yeah. and the history is probably richer, too, because it's Kentucky. Yes. You know, you know how many hillbillies it takes to build a castle? You know, who knows? That's what that's the kind of crap you find out in your honeymoon. I mean, this uh, the uh, have you been any of the, like, because you were in England, Scotland, mm-hmm. all these places. Have you been to any, like, the, the, the great 
uh, British castles that I see. You on know, TV. it's funny. I I don't think I've been to some country estates. I don't recall being to, to any uh, you know to any castles in England. I think really castles are more of a Scottish thing or an Irish thing. I'm sure there are a lot of British. Well, I guess there's a castle in York. So yeah, I've been to the castle at York. Um, but the coolest castles that I remember being just like seeing from the side of the road or the side of the rail. I took a train from Prague in the Czech Republic to Dresden in Germany. And man, it was like driving through Cinderella land, all of the castles and, and, and things that you pass by on going through there. That was an amazing, amazing train trip. Uh, so that's probably the coolest castle area I've ever been to. You know, it's funny you should mention this. I'm going to go because I was thinking how cool that would be. You're going in the train. You're going by multiple castles, right? Yeah. My, my buddy at work tried to book a train ride to go to the beach, right? America's train system is crap. We're not. Yes. We're driving by outhouses, not castles. This train, to, he could take the train up to uh, into, into Virginia. Then he had to take a bus from Virginia mm-hmm. to like North Carolina. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. What are we doing here? We why can't we have a train system over it, here? My mom, my mom took the train to Oklahoma City. Yeah, and it took her, I think, thirty six hours yeah. to get there. Everything going so. west gets rooted through Chicago. And right. I, when I was go, I was looking to get a train to go to Houston. You had to go from West Virginia, which we have a train station, up to Chicago, which is stupid because that's the exact opposite direction, as you know. And then mm-hmm. you take the train down to like uh, San Antonio, and then it's time for your eight hour bus trip. Because there is no more train to go to right, right. So what yeah. are we doing? It's, it, it's it's ridiculous. So, but getting back to the castle thing, of course, all of the uh, all the people in the UK are <laughs> disparaging my remark that castles aren't known in the UK. Of course, I was that's false, that. and I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um. And of course, oh yeah, I forgot when I went to Amiga Ireland, Athlone Castle. Been to there's a castle right there in Athlone. So I guess I've seen more castles than I thought I had. I'd like to visit the castle where they filmed the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was in the UK somewhere. That'd be cool. You really? Know? Yeah. Did they film that? Did they film that movie live on location in the UK? I don't think they filmed it. I mean, what, what do you mean by that? They did film in there at the castle. I don't know if they. It wasn't all in live one shot like that Birdman movie. It was. It was just. It was like an Orson Welles. They just. It was like <laughs> one long hour and forty minute shot, including all the singing, the costume changes, the bits where they're turned into statues. How'd they do it? I don't know. You've never seen Rocky Horror, have you? <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I haven't. I yeah, know. that's what I thought. Um, so, Aaron, why don't we uh, get out of this riveting discussion what? and get into some of this week's Amiga news? Yes, sir. It's been an eventful week here. You walked over him again, boat. <laughs> it's been an eventful week here. Uh, we're going to start things off, Aaron, with the latest edition. I believe this is issue number six of Amiga Addict Magazine. Uh, This issue uh, should be winging its way towards all subscribers right now. Of course, it's also available in digital form. Uh, This includes the cover story this month is all about deluxe paint and, of course, all of the influence that it's had on people over the years. Uh, There's also uh, details about an Amiga gaming tournament that Amiga Addict is hosting on AntStream, so you'll want to check that out. Ooh. 
Uh, there's game reviews. There's a movie licenses feature about Amiga games. There's a, a show report about Revision 2021. I know we just covered that a couple months ago, weeks ago. So uh, lots of stuff. Of course, Amiga Addict jam-packed the gills full of great, great Amiga content. So make sure you check that out. If you are not a subscriber to Amiga Addict, uh, be sure and uh, head on over to uh, Amiga-Addict.com and you can check it out. You know, they've got that's the official like deluxe paint like a uh, king tut thing that you all back in the day it was like all the hats right <laughs> that's so they that's that is the appropriate image to have on the screen it's, it, it's either that or the the venus de milo yeah. uh the, those, are, those are the two those are the big ones that that's the number one with a bullet boat yeah yeah all right and speaking of amita there was a bit of a kerfluffle online this week um, why don't you why don't you uh, fill us in on this story, Aaron? Well, there's not a ton of information out there, uh, but uh, the folks over at Amiga Addict uh, put out a tweet that said, and I'll quote, but if I may, we've received an undesirable trademark opposition notification tape from Amiga Kit Limited. We simply applied to register our logo on Amiga Addict brand name. Any reason as to why you are trying to harm a community led Amiga magazine that is helping the Amiga scene Amiga kit and Amiga kit responded with something to the effect of like this was sort of a a uh, just a legal thing no big deal uh, you know I was going to bury this uh, and I'm going to bury it to a certain degree but uh, I, word on the street is that this probably won't be a huge deal it's hard to say and that in fact I've heard some people say this is just a uh, you know, the uh, copyrights for Amiga are held in crazy ways all over the place. And I've read that Amiga Kit uh, has some sort of British copyrights on the name Amiga or something. Who knows? I'm not going to dip my toe in the pool with this. So if this is just some sort of rudimentary, legal doodad, okay? Okay. But here's what gets me. When you send a, a, a Amiga addict just out here trying to have a magazine, okay? When you send them something like this in the mail without any prior commu communication, that makes you an idiot. And it makes you uh, someone who doesn't really understand the way things work. Because if you expected to send this to Amigac, and they were just going to set on it, you'd, you're nuts. They're, of course, are going to be offended by this. And so when they posted this tweet, uh, it instantly turned the credibility of Amiga Kit into garbage. Now, Amiga Kit, I've ordered from Amiga Kit plenty of times back in the day. Now, we've, if you'll recall, about 150 episodes ago, we started my long, long wait for my key raw that I ordered from them. They've had a couple. I've had a couple instances where their customer service and their shipping have not been up to spec. But hey, that'll happen to anybody. I'm not going to hold it against them. I got nothing to say about them as a company that's bad. You people have had great relationships with Amiga Kit. People have had not so good relationships with Amiga Kit. But all Amiga Kit would have had to have done was to open up a, a email browser or an email and and just sent one over to these guys and said, "Listen, we've got a little problem. Can we get this going?" No, that's not the way we do it in the Amiga community. We got to get crap. We got to get the legal department in on it. So what they did here was they pissed off a lot of people. Now, is their business going to take a hit on this? Absolutely, absolutely, it is, uh, because they've made themselves out to be the bad guys. You know, and they and they are the bad guys, as far as I can tell. If they think there's a copyright uh, problem, you know, there were better ways to approach it. We're trying to build a nice community around here, and every time we get something going, I mean, these guys are making a magazine out of nothing. You know, they literally brought this thing out of the ether. They're trying to put it together, and instantly here comes someone to rain on the parade. 
So I hope the next time a company thinks that this is a good idea, they look at this example of what a dumb thing it was to do, and they take it to heart, and they try to do the right thing before they do the dumb thing, Boot. Yeah. Uh, I, I I agree with pretty much everything that you said. I think that I'm a big believer in uh, in copyright law and in, in upholding the copyright that you have, but if you're running a business that depends on the goodwill of the people in this particular community, uh, you've got to keep that in mind uh, because you can win the battle and lose the war real easy with something like this. And some people think that Amiga Addict was out of line for tweeting the uh, you know the the C or the, the the notice, whatever notice it was. They say, well, you should you should have just kept this private. But the thing is, this isn't the first time that Amiga Kit has kind of thrown its weight around and gone after some of these, you know, other, these other entities that are of no threat to it as a business. Uh, and sometimes you need to, you need to bring these things to light and show people that, uh, that this company has a habit of, of sending out these notices to try and, and, and who knows if they were trying to coerce Amiga Addict or threaten them by doing this. I, I don't know if that was the intent or not. And again, this all comes down to poor communication on Amiga Kit's part. Uh, most of the problems that people have with Amiga Kit have nothing to do with the products that they sell. It's the lack of communication, uh, you know, in the, in that that results in people having a bad experience. Like if you're gonna if you're experiencing delays, well, that's okay. Send out a message saying, "Hey, we're experiencing delays." Uh, don't just, you know, with the Kira thing, how many times did Amiga Kit reach out to you and say, hey, we haven't forgotten about you? Did they blame me for not getting the better shipping? It's like, listen, right. I've just got the standard thing on your site. Listen, let me let me jump right in here real quick. Okay, All right. I, and full disclosure, and you know this, but we've got a lot of our buddies work over at Amiga Addict, and we've known for mm -hmm. a long time. Good people, okay? And so I know these guys aren't idiots, all right, because I know them, all right? Amiga Kit needs to learn a little something. They're not the only kid on the block anymore, okay? There's plenty of other places that you can get quality Amiga retro and modern stuff. Plenty of them, including stuff ran by people we know, good people, okay? So we need to keep that in mind. You should be advertising in Amiga, in Amiga Addict. You shouldn't be going against them. They're One of the great things about having an Amiga magazine pop up is it gives you the ability to demonstrate what you've got. You can show right. off your products. For the love of God, why would you want to take that away? That's a boon for your for your business. It's not a detriment. Think. Think a little bit before you do dumb things. So, anyway, this is still what they call a developing story. Correct. Uh, we, you know, obviously, uh, there have been a lot of people that have been turned off to Amiga, uh, Amiga Kit as a result of this. And Amiga Addict has gotten a couple extra subscriptions out of this. So, it's worked out well for Amiga Addict. But... Um, you know, this may be the first and the last that we hear from the Amiga Kit legal team. Of course, I'm sure that if they do try to take any action, we will hear about it again on Twitter. But for right now, we're just going to leave that there and move on. Correct. So, Aaron, our next story is about Dark Angel. Do you know anything about Dark Angel? I believe. Uh, wasn't that a real uh, a TV show on Fox that had a really... Are you talking about the, the Buffy spinoff? It, was, was it, it wasn't a Buffy spinoff, was it? Was it? Yeah, it had that really dark, brooding no, vampire No, that was just Angel. That was straight oh. up Angel. He wasn't dark. He was frothy he was light. Dark. No, this is dark Angel. Wasn't uh, uh, Jessica Alba or one of, these, one of these really... Yeah, bam. There it is. Brock knew. 
she was in it. She played this stealthy sort of like I don't know, like her uh, uh, her body, her brain and stuff had been like uh, I don't know, genetically screwed. But something she was super duper like a superhero. I never okay. watched the show, but I saw some of the highlights. Uh, it looked dumb, but this, I don't know, I'm assuming this is... Well, I, I don't think that this has anything to do with that, because this is a game that is in the tradition of Flashback, or Another World, and uh, what this is, is it was originally released as a public domain demo, um, and uh, all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, they found the full version, and it's just now been released, oh, so wow. pretty, pretty crazy. Um, this game looks great. I mean, it does not look like a PD game. This is a fully rotoscoped adventure. You know, it's in that same kind of vein, puzzle platformy vein. And of course, Indie Retro News breaking the scoop on this in conjunction with Saberman. But uh, as you can Ooh. see, it, it definitely it's got that that same look about it as uh, as the the aforementioned commercially released games do. And that uh, does look now, pretty good, but I gotta say that looks not too bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I guess uh, Amy Peg user worked with a guy called Nutjack. You know, if Nutjack's in town, it's going to be a success. Um, this is uh, they've uh, <laughs> they've they've recovered the full version of this game, and you can play it right now. Are you watching this demo? This guy, I am. this guy comes on screen looking all cool, and every time he's instantly murdered. Well, that's the way these games go. You, you've played Another World before. I was going to say, they must have captured footage of me playing this game without my knowledge. He just walks on the screen, and he's instantly shot and killed. This looks like a, a flashback, but it runs. It looks, I mean, when this guy takes off, I mean, if you look how fast, he's moving, man. Yeah. He is yeah. moving. Yeah, this looks real good, uh, Boatster. Good, this is a good find. I, I hadn't heard about this. Uh, of course, unrelated to Jessica Alba, but... Uh, uh, maybe we'll get a patch somewhere where they can kind of patch her in over top of the mm -hmm. guy. I, I would be yeah. okay with that. Looks good, though, Boat. All right, and our next story is, uh, it, hey, this is more on the productivity side. If you have recently upgraded to OS 3.2, but you yearn for the simple pleasures of life, you want your <laughs> workbench to look more like a classic workbench, you can check this thing out. This is Best Classic Workbench 2.0. Yeah, not a lot to uh, see for, here on this one. <laughs> for the Amiga. And uh, this is uh, basically, you know, it's it's sort of a skin that sets on top, uh, as far as I understand it, it sets on top of OS 3.2 and makes things look more classic-like. Now, Aaron, do, are you real particular about the way that your workbench looks? It's funny because I never go to workbench. I never do mm -hmm. anything but play games. I, I, that's mm -hmm. not a... That's not a joke. That's a shoot. I, I've got my rig. They just come right up to the game menu. I never go to. I never do anything in work pitch ever, unless I absolutely have to. I don't. I've, those days are pretty much over for me. What about you? No, I, I am exactly the same <laughs> way. Now, uh, when if the game doesn't have an auto loader, I start to get a little skittish because moving around in the in the file system, I, I start to get nervous that I'm going to mess something up forever. So yeah, yeah. Um, but. If you are the kind of person that uses your Amiga for doing other stuff besides playing games, or you just like hanging out, firing up your computer and having the workbench on, just gives you the warm fuzzies, uh, check this out. This is over on English Amiga Board. Of course, you can ch click the link in the show notes to uh, to uh, discover it. But uh, thank you to uh, David Z for posting this up on the uh, Discord. Uh, I would not have known about this otherwise. You know, while we're talking about stuff along these lines, Boat, you know they've just uh, they've and this is slightly this isn't necessarily in fact it's completely off to, off topic, but they have just released 
uh, all the news on the new Windows 11 boat. What do you think of Windows 11? Have you seen any of the of the hype? You know, uh, I knew that this was going on, but I I have not seen anything about it yet. So you're going to have to fill me in, man. Well, the here are the selling points as as uh, this video describes. Number one. They've moved the start button to the middle of the screen. A huge selling point that gets repeated a hundred times, right? Because, <laughs> you know, that's what I really wanted out of my windows. And then they've also, here's something else they repeat a million times. Listen, the corners are no longer, there are no more corners. Nobody puts windows in a corner. All mm. the edges are rounded now, Boat. They're rounded for your pleasure. Rounded Boat. edges. Rounded edges and a start button in the middle of the screen. It sounds... It sounds like another operating system. Now get this, it gets better. You can see behind the windows. This is kind of a glassy effect, Boat. Now this is not new. They did this in Vista. No, no, this, was... this is better now. It's even more okay. glassy. All right, you could physically, you could throw a baseball and hit this and break it. It's that glassy. <laughs> They've also integrated stuff like Win uh, Xbox Gaming because I've never thought of ha having that in my windows. That's a, that okay. was an incredible feature. They've also got a gimmick here where you could basically, they've got these predetermined windows positions. You can click on them, then you can kind of click on the different windows, and then you can, uh, and then that's where they are. Uh, and you can okay. also unplug your laptop from your monitor, and then plug it back in, and all the crap that was on your monitor will be right back in the same spot. That's not well, bad. Well, thank you for putting in a feature that should have been in Windows since the beginning. It also, apparently, it's going to have uh, some kind of, like, voice-to-type thing. Oh, get this. They've put this feature in that if you go through the Microsoft... By the way, they've completely built, rebuilt the Microsoft floor, store from the ground up, Boat, to accommodate uh, this uh, new Windows. And what you can do in here is you can actually go to the... You can go to the Microsoft store. Then you can go to the... Uh, uh, to the uh, uh, app store like you would on your phone and you could sort of run kind of maybe run phone app, Android phone apps kind of but not okay. really that's okay. a work in progress right there uh, and then uh, you've also got HDR uh, which if you've got a decent video card you've already, you've already got that so a lot of people are looking at this and they're like wait a minute uh, this looks like they've they've taken an like the Apple OS like the visual aspects of it, and right. then they kind of smacked it on the old windows. Well, that's yeah. pretty much what everyone thinks is happening. And uh, as far as I can tell now, you can't complain too much. It's a free upgrade as far as I can tell. Right. And by free upgrade, I mean they're going to violently make you upgrade. So that's, yeah. well, that's and, how and they also, do it now. I'm, I'm sure that there will be some ads going on in this thing, too, in the old start menu. Here's a chilling aspect of it. Don't worry about updates anymore. Big, huge updates. They've reduced updates by 40%, and now they'll just seamlessly do that in the background without you knowing what's happening. <laughs> Beautiful. I should now, mention that during the live streaming of this event, the stream screwed up multiple times. So you can, <laughs> you can do that. So I guess what we're saying is... Uh, uh, Stick with stick with your uh, stick with your Amiga. I think you. <laughs> I think that, that the update to the uh, the new workbench was a substantially better upgrade than what's coming out for Windows 11. But I wanted to touch on it because it is it is sort of relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, that is our final uh, news story of the week. Uh, so we're going to move on to. No, uh, we're not done yet. There's a little T-shirt you want to talk about. Oh well, actually, we've got a couple stories that, that aren't really that aren't really Amiga news in the classic sense. The first one, Aaron, and again, we're we're having issues with the with the site because it doesn't uh, it doesn't have 
Amigathon, Aaron. Amigathon is coming. <laughs> okay. Amigathon is less than one month away. <laughs> yes, finally. We're going to talk about this. I've been waiting. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be so, awesome. Uh, when, when July arrives, you know it's coming. July 24th, 2021, Amigathon 2021. Amigathon 5 will be descending to uh, your ears and your eyes. We have a bigger event than ever planned this year, including lots and lots of special guests. We've got, of course, the Amiga Luminaries. Amiga Bill is going to be joining us. Uh, the one and only Kim Justice. Uh, we have uh, a notable Amiga streamer, Ash, said hi. Uh, we have uh, Control-Alt-Reese is going to be joining us for a special segment. So we've got lots and lots of uh, uh, sort of uh, special guests that are going to be appearing. But in addition to that, Aaron, we're also going to be doing something special towards the end of Amigathon. And why don't you explain what that is? Sure. Boat had a, a, a real cunning plan, I, I have to say. I, I thought it was great. So... You'll recall that it, for one, I think just one year, one fateful year, but we did this thing for 24 straight hours, yes. and it, it, it almost killed Boat, and it made me want to kill Boat as well. I didn't kill myself, and like sort of a murder-suicide pact, because it was brutal, and so we have went back to like 10, 12 hours. Well, this year, by God, we're going back to the 24-hour format with a gimmick. And the gimmick is, the last 12 hours of the show, we're going to be uh, taken up by various streamers. Streamers that we know, streamers from the Discord, uh, some of our good friends. Uh, I can tell you, I guess we can go ahead and announce some of these streamers, can't we, Boat, since they're going to sure. be taken down. So the first the first couple hours, our good buddy and our top shelf streamer, the guy that got us into the gig, our buddy Rob Flack O'Hara will be taking on the task of continuing the party, continuing the fundraiser, in the 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 for he'll be the leadoff act, and then I know our good buddy David Z from Wild Wild World of Retro, the 3D printer extraordinaire, will be getting him some in there, and we also have contacted and confirmed that our good buddy Steve Stevie from the uh, Coco Talk Show will be picking up the last hour of the uh, 12 hours uh, on the tail end. He'll be doing a, a an hour segment there. So we've already got those guys locked in, Boat, and uh, more to, on the way. And if you're interested, uh, there's a sign-up sheet on in our Amigathon section of the Discord. Uh, hop in there, get yourself a time slot. There's plenty of slots left. We'd love to see anyone that likes any streamers that are interested in Europe, in Australia, New Zealand, anywhere uh, uh, in the UK. Uh, hop in, grab you a time slot. It doesn't matter. If you're a top shelf, you do it every week streamer, or someone who's just sort of figuring out how to do it, just get in there and give it a shot. It's a great way to get exposure and to raise some money, Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I did want to mention the, the the other folks that are going to be joining us during the main portion. We've got uh, Dan Wood, Ravi Abbott, yes. uh, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast is going to be there too. We're going to have a mod and depaint expo. So if you're getting ready to gear up for the old creative competition and you want to demonstrate your work a little early, Feel free. We're not going to have a competition per se. We'll leave that to Tenmark and Pixel Vixen, but uh, we will have an yeah. expo where if you just want, we'll just be playing cool stuff and of course tons and tons of Amiga gaming action. I think Ravi didn't. Am I nuts here? Or didn't he record? Is he he has or will be recording like a special DJ set? That's uh, right. Ravi's going to be recording a set, so uh, it's going to be, be great. Tons and tons of great stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that is again July twenty fourth at noon UTC. Yes, tune in, won't you? All right, Aaron, and our final story comes from RetroRewind.ca. Now, Aaron, have you ever considered being a nudist? 
uh, considered it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Is, is this a lived experience for you? You know, there's a big nudist colony right down the road here. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Are you talking about that place in Culloden? Uh, well, I guess that's sort of Culloden. But, yeah. What else would you call it? I don't know. It's way out in the sticks, boat. I don't know what you call it. The sticks? I don't know that they're nudists, are they? Oh, yeah. Buck okay. naked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I never knew. Well, if you are if you are a recovering nudist, say that you want to start wearing clothes again, I've got something for you. This is a shirt. What a, a lead shirt, in. Aaron. Not just any shirt. This is a Retro Rewind t-shirt. Beautiful. And let me tell you, if you want to be riding in style, if you want to pick up uh, members of the gender that you are attracted to, this is what you need to be wearing, okay? The Retro Rewind t-shirt is emblazoned with that classic, classic Retro Rewind logo, and it can be yours. It can be yours. Pick it up right now over on the site. Uh, it's very competitively priced. Uh, at only $18, and you can save 10% off this or any other order from your Retro Rewind uh, by using the code AMIGOS10. You All will the save 10%. Absolutely. You have one, Aaron. I have one. Lots of people have one. All the cool kids are wearing them. You haven't the given me Rewind mine yet, shirt. Boat. I'm getting that Saturday. I'm You're getting it Saturday? I haven't given it to you yet? No, I don't have mine. Do you think I would have not worn a Retro Rewind shirt if I had one? I thought I gave it to you. Hey, oh, he's listen. Sounds like my retro rewind side shirt got sold or bartered for something. <laughs> listen, if I see some I'm, fancy I'm boobs that that the I sold, I, I'm not saying I sold Frodo your shirt for forty five dollars. Are you kidding but... me? Frodo wouldn't do that to me. By the way, Frodo's too busy dressed like a penguin with blue hair. That's true. He didn't have time to be wearing that. All right. So anyway, if you have retro needs, if you're looking for goodies for your Amiga, your Commodore 64, whatever you, whatever, whatever you're into, man, RetroRewind.ca has it. Absolutely. And we thank them for sponsoring this week's episode. All right, Aaron, it's time. It's time to talk about the castle of Dr. Brain. Let's get into it, man. Yes, sir. So uh, it is Edutainment Month, uh, as you may have guessed here on the show or week, I should say. And so we have went with the with the almost of the island of Dr. Brain. I've given this guy an island, the castle of Dr. Brain. <laughs> uh, this bad boy uh, released in 92 and shipped on four discs, uh, which, you know, there you go. But it's a pretty expansive game. Uh, this uh, was, is ECS-OCS, uh, multiple languages, uh, developed by uh, Sierra, of course, and uh, was released on multiple platforms. Uh, the uh, classic Mac got this, Bo. Did you did you ever, yeah. did you ever see this on the Mac back in the I, day? The, well, the, the classic Mac got it, but this is the Macs that were in the in the in the VGA era. So okay. this wasn't running on like a Mac. Plus. So you did? Did you have any of those Macs? No, no. Yeah. This, but the, the kind of Mac that you have is exactly the kind of Mac that would run this. Back. Oh boy, I'm going to break that sucker out. Uh, <laughs> this also got a, a NEC PC98 release and a DOS release. Uh, a VGA release and a Tandy PC release. That means we got the 16 color special boat with the cool oh, yeah. Tandy sound. So not too bad, uh, man. So what is Castle of Doctor Brain? Well, Castle of Doctor Brain is an educational title that uh, has you in the role of someone that's applying to Doctor Brain to get a job. Right. And uh, Doctor Brain lives in a real kind of a trippy castle. Uh, in the opening segment, it's just this castle. It's got uh, 
it's got my god it's got all kinds of crazy stuff in it it's got whistles and cranks and and uh it's built on a huge stone head there's all kinds of light bulb there's all kinds of wacky stuff it's very actually the i'd say the opening scene is pretty interesting i like the graphical elements and that they they introduce with it you know right away you're in for something where they didn't just phone it in yeah, you know, both yeah. in my opinion. There's uh, a there's a lot of really clever art in this game, and the title screen sets you up for that. Yeah, and I will say I also kind of like the theme of this. Uh, the music on this is sort of a. Uh, I won't say the music's great. Okay, what I will say is this: I think the tunes are very clever, but they're kind of only two thirds done. Like, and what I mean by that is like they could have made them really awesome. Instead, they're really good tunes that are kind of lame. Does that? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I thought the music was horrible. Uh, I turned it off almost immediately. As soon as I found out that there was a way to turn it off, uh, it, it was not the kind of music that really stimulated intellectual activity. Uh, it, 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 there was a lot of like sort of like droning tones and uh, and what what I really wanted was something like you know like the music in Tetris I think is a great example like Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy or something like that yeah I think that would have been Weird. great they could have used public domain tunes and really done well this the music in this game definitely the worst well, well one of the worst parts of it well I think the what I mostly meant is the opening tune where the opening should, tune is okay. because it's almost it's okay. like it's almost like a, a a really computered up like Black Sabbath cover. It's what it reminds yeah. me of, which that's okay because I like yeah. the Sabbath. But yeah, I mean overall, what I, is what I said is a standout from no, I would not. So right away you get thrown into the deep end by having to just answer a puzzle on the spot before you even get in the door. It's the old Simon puzzle boat mm-hmm. where you have to uh, click on the stones, the keystones over the door in a, a sequential order that uh, as they flash. To uh, to get inside, and then once you do that, you're in the door. Now I had I had uh, I, I'm guessing you, I'm assuming you never played this before, Boat. No, I have played this before. Oh, you have on played one of the, on one of the very early Amigos Play streams. Oh, I mean this is like 2016. I had to go with old brain. Nuts! I would have used that footage if I'd known about it. You, you should not have used that footage. <laughs> this, you made the right choice. How far did you get back then, if I may ask? Uh, I don't believe because I was trying not to use a walkthrough. Uh-huh. I don't believe I made it out of the first area. Hey, at least you got past area. the door. You got that. Yeah, I got past you. the door. I remember that. So once you get past the door, then it's time to put on your thinking too. Now, one thing about this game, it gives you multiple levels of difficulty, mm-hmm. and and also there are multiple ways to get help. Uh, the difficulty levels range from novice to to the top tier genius level, and I, by the way, played on novice, uh, even though this is meant for kids. <laughs> so, well, there was a thing. slight bit of embarrassment. There. It's I'm not, not as if the novice level puzzles are different puzzles. They're the same puzzles. They're just they're, they're, the difficulty is cranked back. But you're, I, I was the same way as you. You know, I played on the novice level, and this game is no walk in the park, even at that level. So, well, as we'll demonstrate, because we both we both couldn't walk through the park; we were too dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you start off in a long hallway. I will say the graphics in this. The now, I, listen, the Amiga was in '92. We were still in the batter's box here, but the PC was catching up. Okay, and so what you've got here, in my opinion, is some some VGA graphics that they kind of toned down for the Amiga and they look washed mm-hmm. out. Your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you hadn't seen the VGA version and you were just playing this on your stock OCS, ECS Amiga, yeah. you would be very happy with these graphics. 
Yeah. But if you if you did see the MS DOS version, you would be jealous because the the, the colors don't pop like they do on the on the DOS yeah. version. And uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, I think they could have made these graphics better. It's again, this was, I think this was your straight up. Let's port this to the Amiga. I mean, we can, so let's do it. But let's right. not kill ourselves. So that, and right. that's what they did. Um, once you get in there and you you uh, you're in the first hallway, you've got two doors on either side of you, and you've got a elevator to the hall. Elevator you can't do anything with right away. Uh, so you'll find out that the first the, the levels of this of the mansion here, the castle, are broken up into various um, uh, educational aspects or elements. I mean, with a but because it gets some of them get a little weird. The first level here is math, math. Everyone's favorite boat. And, yeah. And and what a great way to start the game <laughs> uh, to do a bunch of math problems. So you've got your choice. I mean, you can do these in sort of any order you want on this level. Uh, you have to basically you go in and you've got uh, a cursor. This is all mouse based. I should mention you've got a cursor that is an eyeball most of the time or a or a finger. And you, when, the eyeball you can look at stuff, but the finger you can actually manipulate stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can go to the top of the screen and change what what your cursor is. So when you first click on a door, in this case, it will tell you what the puzzle is, and then you will have to solve it. Okay, and this is pretty much the way it goes for the game. Uh, In this case, the first puzzle is you have to take a block of numbers and put them together in a way that completes a a problem uh, that uses up all the numbers. Yeah, uh, so you've got you you've got you've got to solve mathematical computations yes. with it with with all of the different you know plus minus divide and multiply, folks. It's as exciting as it sounds. Well, I mean, but... I was gonna say this is not something that's gonna be easy to understand. So let's just say you ran you put numbers in a math problem until you get all the numbers gone, and then once you do that, you win. You get your treasure, uh, which is always a little like you get a little like name tag or plaque or whatever it is, and you also. Uh, uh, having finished off that room, so you don't have to do it again, thank God. And then you will do the other room on this level, which is also math, more math. So that's the math level. Right. I don't think we need to get into every aspect of these things. No, no, it, all, all you really need to know is that the first level is is math problem or number new, number problems to greater or lesser extents. Like yeah. I wouldn't really call the sliding tile puzzle a math problem. I hate but it. it. Has I hate it. I hate these. So. I hate. I, you know how long it took me to do this, and I just looked. At, I, I thought to myself, well, I'm sure I got enough here. I was like, I wanted to. Hit the, I wanted to hit the button on the on the Mister. I'm like, no. Well, and do it for the, the listeners. You, <laughs> One thing that this game does offer is whenever you solve puzzles, you get things called hint coins. You start out with one hint coin, I believe, yeah. and uh, and you are able to spend those hint coins to get hints, obviously. Um, and so, um, and what you can do if you're using save states, of course, is use the hint coin on every puzzle and then just save your game and go. Because once you understand what you need to do, uh, then it's the, the puzzle, of course, becomes a lot easier. Um, of course, in this day and age of Internet walkthroughs, you can also just look up the solutions, and that's also an option to you. But anyway, yeah, the, the first floor, it also doubles as the copy protection floor because what you do whenever you solve one of these puzzles, you get a word clue, and you have to match that word clue to a symbol in the manual to be able to progress. Oh, that's every level, I think, has that, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I, I couldn't level get past too. the second level. So, so I don't know. let me let me tell you about these hint coins. All right. So I accidentally spent one. It was an accident on the first level. Okay. And 
when you get the the hints, like I was hoping you'd give the coin, it'd be like, here, I'll we'll do it for you. All right, no. <laughs> and when you look at the hints, they are long, arduous explanations of a hint. They don't, it's right. just like, oh. Well, they're 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 hints. They're not solutions. But the hints That's didn't help me. They were means. more confusing than the puzzle. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> these hints. Holy smokes. So. Anyways, yes, you do have hint coins you can use, and when you use them all up, I guess you're boned. So the, at, once you get past that boat right, it's copper protection time. You have to play this with the manual. This mm-hmm. has the uh, ever popular uh, 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 Rocket Ranger style competition. That, like even in 2021, you must have manual. There's no crack. Mm-hmm. You gotta have it because it will come up with a different. Every time you complete a word room, it says a word, and you have to match those up. Like Boat said. So once you do this, you are able to get to the elevator. But guess what? You're not just you're not going to mosey up uh, anywhere. We'll get to that in a moment once you get past this. So the next level is your is your uh, what, what is this called? Is this like a, this uh, is a time? It's all about time. Time level. So when you walk in here, I mean, explain the scene, boat, because I was I was baffled by this when I first got. So in you here. you walk in and you've got a water powered cuckoo clock. You've got an old school fire alarm. Um, you've got a time punch, like a time card punch, like when you clock into work, and then you also have a jack-in-the-box and two hourglasses. That's what you've got. Yeah. And so what you have to do is you have to somehow figure out how to stop the clock at the right time. Yeah. You have a 60-second timer in which you need to stop the clock, and you do this by manipulating what look like elevator buttons. Yeah. Um, this, I'm just telling you right now, this is where I bowed out. I didn't bow out. I kept playing. But this is where I had to use the guide. Because even when I read the, the, the walkthrough, they were like, push the top button to do this. Then push the middle button. Then go to the fourth. But I still didn't understand how I was solving the puzzle. It still wasn't clear to me. Yeah, I, so, I, I mean, agree. That was I was baffled. And plus, it's real noisy. Real yeah. noisy. And there's also <laughs> right. a guy that goes, you have 60 seconds. You have 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, it turns out nothing. It just basically resets. Yeah. I'm like yeah. you. I was like, I just looked. I was like, what am I supposed to do here? So finally, I found an old walkthrough. It says, mm-hmm. like, it, it's like, one, two, one, three, four, two. I was like, bing, 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 bing. And instantly it was like done. I was like, right. huh, I don't know what I did. And so the, now the other puzzles in this room I thought were okay. Like the, 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 uh, the there's a hourglass puzzle where hourglasses are counting down sand in various increments. You have to flip them in combinations to get things to happen. The punch, the time punch card thing is kind of neat. You've, you're looking for repetitive, or you're looking for the pattern in three sets of times. Uh, so I could, I could figure out those. Um, but that first puzzle, and then of course, once you use the walkthrough one time, you're like, listen, I'm, I've already failed. I'm just going to keep on doing yeah. it. I so. will say, I figured out the hourglass, and that was because it was, it was a 40 second timer. You just add the two together. It wasn't that, right. that uh, wasn't yeah. that tough. Again, we were playing on the easiest difficulty level, so oh, that God. probably had I something mean, to do with it. I mean, listen, it. that's as hard as I can do. All right, yeah. that's it. That's it. I can't, I can't do any harder. So once you have finished up in the clock room, it's time to fool around with the time card. This is another wacky one, boat. So. Boat mentioned there's one of those time card punch-in, punch-out clocks on the wall. By the way, have you ever used one of these in real life? No. Believe never. it or not, when I worked at IBM, we used these. Oh, yeah. Well, I went to Staples last week, yeah. and I was tooling around the store. They still sell old punch card units that look just like that. So there are still jobs places where you punch yeah. a physical card. Yeah, the one we had looked very similar to the one in the game here. So 
What you've I've never really had an hourly job before. You would, I've, all, I, you I've like pretty them. much always been on salary. They're no yeah. good. I, yeah. Yeah. Always been on salary. You're a lucky man, my friend. Well, I've always had good jobs. I've got nothing to complain about. So, what you do on this thing? It's basically you've got to open up the time clock and you've got to screw with it and you've got to set the time to to match up what the time you need for the time. Did you understand this? Because I cheated on this one too. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah, what this I did was. understand how this worked. All right, explain. Um, you you there you count the amount of time in between the uh, like okay so it'd be like in a very simple manner two four six what's the next time okay and so each one of the three number the three times on the time card you have to choose the next time that would appear on the time card after that sequence of three number a sequence of three times now did I figure that out on my own. I had to look at the first answer on the first card, but then once I understood what to do, I could do it on the other ones, and I did it without the thing. Uh-huh. But again, I needed that I needed that little push. And maybe if I had a hint coin, of course, I'd already spent my hint coin. That's what it would have told me. But listen, I'm not smart. I'm not good at these kind of logic puzzles. <laughs> well, so, like, well, this next aspect of the game, I don't care how smart you are. The, and by the way, I got through this with no help. Okay, how what do you think? Because the help I gave up. This, so it's time for the portion of the game that everyone hates the most: the manipulate your thing through the maze aspect. So mm-hmm. you know, both both Ocar, if he hates one thing, that's not AGA. He hates these old school faux 3D exploration gimmicks, don't you, Boat? This is this is like this is hell on earth. <laughs> is basically what yeah. this is. <laughs> this is we played the game on the Coco for the high score challenge a couple weeks ago. It was the worst time of my life. I mean, any time that you've got a 3D maze where all the walls look the same and you're just bumping into stuff, stumbling around like an idiot. Yeah. I'm sure some people find that fun in the same way that some people like to swallow safety pins. Mm, I'm just not one of these people. Yeah. Well, this game, what makes this one better, any jerk like a rat can find their way through a maze they got enough time but not every jerk can find their way through a 3D up and down multi-floor maze right right and so that's what you're in here what you've got here you get to see the view of uh, I don't know yourself or whoever however you're getting through this thing but you've got little buttons that move you one step up down left right up or down now you can only move up or down if you see breaks in the wall or ceiling okay so what I did was I just basically went as far as I could till I got to a break. Went up or down, usually up if I could help it. Went as far as I could, and you can get to points where you can say, "Okay, I can only go one step," and here's a here's a hole going down. So I knew right there I was on the right track because they wouldn't put that in unless they expected you to get up there. So I would get back down, tool around to, to where I knew I was under a part of that maze where I knew I could come back up. And I found that, and eventually, I believe it or not, I did this way quicker than I did the sliding math puzzle. That's, mm. but I mean, it wasn't well, you're, fun. You're used to you're used to experiences like this. No. You played a bunch of dungeon no, no, crawlers no. back. No, you're in the giving day. me way too much credit, boat. I, I had no idea. I was doing the best I could. It was ridiculously hard. These sucked. Why they're in the game, I, well, I don't know. It's funny because I read a comment from the creator of this game. 
And he said he put it in the game because it was something, it was another form of puzzle. You know, maze puzzles, like if you buy one of those old school like games magazines that you get at the pharmacy or whatever, uh-huh. uh, there's always mazes in there. And why not put a 3D multi-four maze in your puzzle game? Listen, You know, one... mazes are the bread and butter of this sort of genre. Yeah. And at the, at the time, remember, this is 92. A 3D maze, well, like that's a selling point. Well, one one of those would have been more than enough. They didn't have to put one in between like all the levels. That was that's too much. Yeah. So now we're on the next level, which is sort of the robotics computer level. Okay, this one you have to do in a certain order. So the first thing you've got to do is you go into this room that looks like a giant inside of a computer, basically, and you are trying to build a circuit out of parts. All right. Uh, as far as I could tell. Unless you do one dumb thing, you pretty much can't lose the circuit. You have to put the switch in one spot and the power supply in one spot, but otherwise you're good to go. This mm-hmm. wasn't hard at all, was it, Boat, this part? Yeah, and this one wasn't hard, and again, if I would have been smart, I would have tried it on a higher difficulty level just yeah. to see what changed. But that, yeah, it, it's we. I'll tell you something about this game. Yeah. Uh, the, it's all over the map when it comes to puzzle difficulty. Yeah. Because there'll be some things you're like, this isn't even a puzzle. And then there are other things, and it's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. it's a weird thing. The second aspect of this is to, they'll give you a list of numbers and a list of switches, basically a one and a zero. And you have to make the number on the switches equal to the number in the box. And when you do that, a little light bulb lights up. Like, what is this, binary or something, Bode? Is that what we're so doing that, here? That, what, what I can only imagine this is this is how binary code works. Yeah. And again, this is a neat theme. You know, this is the computer room, and they are teaching you various, you know, like, of course, you're, you're not going to go out and program anything at the end of this, but they're teaching you about how binary code works and stuff like that. So I thought this was pretty cool. You know, this is definitely not something, this is definitely not like a normal style logic puzzle. Well, I could get past it because you couldn't fail. So that was Right, good. you just keep clicking numbers and yeah. eventually you get the yeah, answer. Because, that, because otherwise it's going to be a problem. So then, now this I thought was interesting. You come into this room and it doesn't even really, well, you, you actually said the same room. You have to guide a robot car or tank through this maze collecting these letters okay and now in in the maze uh there are junctions where you can manipulate what uh the turn of the car now the the car always makes a right turn okay and so sometimes to get what you want you have to like let him go past the place you are going to manipulate then when he's on the way back then you hit it you activate it to get him to go right it took me a little while to understand what the heck was going on because there's also there's also like uh, whirlpools you've got to avoid. It'll be sucked down. You can turn them on and off. Uh, but actually, I thought this was kind of fun too, Bo. This was not. This wasn't too bad. I got. I managed to get through it without too much trouble. Well, and I, you I know, liked the, it. The, the thing that I will say in defense, I'll say a lot of things in defense of this game is that. Uh, they give you oh it's not like you can die and you have to go back to the beginning when you fail these things i mean they let you try them as many times as you want yeah and and in that a game like this i mean it's just about how much time do you have and when you when you manage to complete it, you really feel like you've done something cool you yeah. know you figured out the control scheme you figured out how to negotiate the obstacles and all that stuff so i thought that this was a good one too you know i just to just to sort of ponder it for a minute this game, and I heard people talk about it. You could, I think they said you could beat this game. If you were barreled through it and you were smart, you could go through it in a couple of hours, okay, if you wanted to. Uh, but this is this would be the perfect game to get in your classroom back in the day when you're oh, yeah. one computer and mm-hmm. get the class together and say, okay, kids, 
today we're all going to give these math problems a shot. Now tomorrow we're going to, and this would be fun. Like this is learning, but this is fun for the yeah. most part. Now they're not all winners, okay? As we've discussed, some of these are duds, but some of these are good. I think the circuit board was pretty clever. The binary, I like this whole this whole side of the room, the, the hall was good stuff. And mm-hmm. when you actually get that tank out the door, you feel pretty good about it. I mean, it's pretty cool, pretty clever the way they do it, and the fact that, uh, that it's not mega hard, uh, but it's challenging. Is is They did a good job on the difficulty of this one. So, that that's the end of the fun, because now we're going into the realm of the unknown, boat. and by unknown, I mean, I don't think either one of us got past this part of the game. No. Because nope. of our dumbness. So, on the other part of the wall here, you got this gimmick that well, oh, I forgot about this. You've also got a. There's a lot of pun humor in yeah, this game. There's also a. You've got to <laughs> answer. You've got to put the punchline into jokes. All right. They've got five punchlines. You got to match them with the jokes. The the jokes are p- real bad, uh, yeah. but they're funny for kids. They'd be pretty good. I right. do like the one. What What do you do if a computer is having a heart attack? What do you do to it? You give it CPU. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. There's a couple pretty. <laughs> Come on, I like that, Bo. Nothing. It's not bad. It's yeah, not bad. come on. So, but th- th- that's, I mean, it, that's inoffensive, okay? Because, but it is, that's softening you, uh, softening you up for the brutal pain that's to come <laughs> uh, when you have to fool with these robot heads. Let's talk about these robot heads. So, you come to this laboratory, and there are three robot heads on a wall, and it's the old shtick, boat. One of them always lies, one of them always tells the truth, and one of them, I don't know, you, it, you don't, it could do either one. Right? Could either way, yeah. And so what you've got to do in this se- sequence, what do you've got to do, Bo? Do you care to comment on what that, what is this weird thing? Well, you're programming these things? You're programming to- this robot to do, to do this thing, and, and the, this is where... This is where I would have not played this game anymore. Yeah, it's where I stopped because I couldn't get past it. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to explain. It's hard to explain. You basically t- go to the Dr. Brain's computer and you try to program in a sequence for these, for these robot heads, okay? I had the walkthrough, okay? I've got, I'm looking at it right here. And with the walkthrough, I still could not accomplish this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I tried. I tried a lot. I was like, what do you do here? And I don't know. So, it, clearly, this was not a well-put-together section of the game. Right. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, uh, it you, once, you program the, once you program your head, it gives you a punch card. I wasn't even sure what to do with the punch card. I wasn't sure yeah. which robot. I well, did. you know, you, you've got to move your robot around. It's another like top-down maze type thing, but it's 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 so much more difficult than what you had to do in the last in, in the tank game because you have to outfit your robot with the with the correct loadout, and then you have to program the card. You stick the robot into the thing, and then the, the robot decides to well the. the the robot has to retrieve these objects based on what you uh, what what you programmed it to do. If you're listening to this show right now, I realize we're doing a horrible job explaining it's it. It's impossible to explain these. So we're so you have just ended. That's where we left off because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. So we're gonna try to. I'm just gonna. We're gonna kind of briefly cover the rest. Of this. So once you get past that robot section, guess what? It's time for another longer. More complicated, more detailed maze section boat. So it's a good thing because I guarantee you would have quit there. 
Now, as you get up here into these, your next levels are basically made up of words. And it's funny, I've heard people mention this, and I'm going to mention it too. It seems like they they really went nuts in the first few levels of this game. And at the end here, they sort of like wean out. The game's mm-hmm. become more, much more standard fare. The next right. one's basically like a word search. They just, they just say, you've got 15 words remaining, and you go through and try to find all the words. That's now, it. Now, one thing that I like about word searches is they tell you what words are in the puzzle. Yeah. Guess what? In this word search, they don't. They don't. You have to figure it out on your own. And this isn't some 8x8 eight eight word search either. This is like a like 25 by 25 grid. It's 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 intense. Yeah, it's it's a big one. And and some of the and, and including diagonals both. They don't screw around. So once yeah. you do that, they take all the words you found and then they put them in one of these puzzles that's sort of like a crossword where like every word you've put together one letter from it will build up one yeah there's a name for it it's like acrostic or something like that that where you you have a bunch of uh horizontal words and then they you you choose one vertical stripe and that 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 is a word as well there's a name for it all right but i can't say it on the air then you get to the one of these uh, what do they call these triangular puzzles boat i don't know what these are called they have a name too dynamorph you're you're spelling the word enter and you're using various uh uh, what did you say it was called? Dynamorph. Is that true? No. Oh, I believed you, you jerk. <laughs> Don't do that. So anyway, you're, you're using these pieces of a triangular puzzle to put together a word, okay? Uh, it's basically sort of like a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like puzzle. a jigsaw puzzle, yeah. yeah. So, and But don't worry, there's an actual jigsaw puzzle that comes up later on, and here it is. <laughs> so the, the next bit, you're doing it. You can see how these really petered out here at the end, Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, yeah. these, these, uh, so we didn't really miss much. This is just a straight-up jigsaw puzzle. Everyone likes sitting at their computer and playing jigsaw. It reminds me back in the old days of the Atari 2600, where they thought to themselves, sure, people will buy a cartridge where you use a Rubik's Cube and play tic-tac-toe. Hold on, hold on right there. First of all, I'll tell you, there's a couple things that are cool about this. Okay. One is that the pieces snap. Like, when you put a piece in the right place, it snaps, too. So you don't have to, like, manipulate it crazily. Number two, there's a – that you start out with a picture of a chest – the chest is part of the jigsaw puzzle, and you pull the pieces out of the chest. That's pretty darn cool. Third of all, I like doing jigsaw puzzles on my computer, and I do them to this day. So there. Well, uh, what have you? What do we learn, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Boat. Just when you think, man, Boat's the biggest dork I've ever seen. Bam! He dorks it up even more. <laughs> Boat. Did you have the Rubik's cube and the tic tac toe for your Atari Twenty Six Hundred? I bet you did. I, I had 3D tic-tac-toe for the Atari. Wait, what a geek. So anyway, if you feel like, if you think to yourself, man, there's no other way I could do jigsaws on my computer, you could go pick this up and then try to struggle through the maze to get here. Good luck, pal. That's all I'm saying. So once you take a thousand years to work on that jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> then it's time to play some hangman. Everybody likes hangman, right? Except in this case, you're playing it with an actual man hanging from a gallows. Now it's it's a, very dark. It's yeah. a dummy, right? But guess what? Once you complete the hangman, get this dummy comes to life. He's like, "Thanks, dude." <laughs> so you were gonna hang a real guy. So as t- not a, probably not the best choice. I do no. like it. You know, we used to play hangman in school. Yeah, you know, it's a fun game. But maybe this could come up with. I mean, listen, in this modern age, don't have to come up with something better because no one likes no one likes the old hangman anymore. So, as we near the end of this thing, uh, there we're going through another more complicated, more difficult maze, each more complicated than the last. 
Mm-hmm. D, and I've heard, I saw LGR do a thing on this, and he said this was straight from the devil's hiney right here. <laughs> he, and he, he showed the list. It's brutal. It is brutal. Brutal boat. So, last level, it's the sort of the stars and space level here. Mm-hmm. Uh, amongst the puzzles you'll complete here is a puzzle where you simply connect the dots to to make constellations. I don't have Not a really a that. puzzle. But that, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. neat. You learn, learn about. Well, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a puzzle. You're you're basically just clicking on stars. The stars form lines, and when you've clicked on all the stars and the lines, they they form a constellation. It's a neat thing. Listen, a game like this, yeah, uh, you know, it's clear that they 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 were running out of ideas at this point. Yeah, and they they were and they, they had this idea for a planetarium at the end because you're at the top of the castle. You want to look out and see the stars. That's cool. So they were really reaching for things here. But I, I, I thought that that was kind of neat. I, I do too. And it, But just when you think, man, are they devoid of ideas? Well, they are. now Because then it's time for the <laughs> matching game with the cards. And so you've got to match the cards up. The old memory game. You see that? Yep. You like these two boat on the computer? You big fan you, of these you, boat? Listen, kind of. I geek. play Mahjong all the time. Oh my it's, God. it's sort of similar. Where do you find the time, Boat? <laughs> I can imagine Boat, Boat of Car, teacher, man about town, but he's got two hours to play Jigsaw on the computer. That's baffling to me. <laughs> you kidding me, Boat? Get that out. So once you've done your memory game, which, by the way, I'm not so good at those, uh, Boat, you may be mm. stunned to, to, to realize. Stunned, yeah. Uh, then you've got this last, I'm not even sure what this what this last bit of the game is. This so is what you yeah, you, 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 li- you uh, click ideas. you click on a planet and then you click on the planet's name and that's that's how you that's how you beat it. So, <laughs> how do you know that? I, uh, because I watched the video. Is uh, hey, let me ask you: is is at this point in in the world, right? I'm guessing that uh, uh, Pluto is still in there. Is that right? Pluto's still in there. Beautiful, yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, that, that that and again, you're learning stuff. You know, like you you have to know the order of the planets as they go out. You know, and so I mean, it's 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 still somewhat educational. Very good. So finally, you get to Doctor Brain's office. Okay, Doctor Brain ain't there. All right. So you know what that means? That means you got to do some other weird crap. I will say, Doctor Brain has the same desk chair as the as the boss from uh, uh, IT. You know that what you know that what, yeah. You know, what's the that, IT, that crowd? IT crowd? The mm-hmm. giant hand. Uh, so that, that that's kind of cool. But hey, maybe they're one and the same. So this last bit, you've got to match up these various, uh, I guess, occupations in a puzzle. All, all, all you're doing here is you're dragging the plaques onto the plaque. You're dragging right. the little things onto the plaque. That's it. That's the whole. It's not. It's not even a puzzle. So you know these last. I will say these last batches of puzzles. Having looked through these a second time, these really are duds. I mean, they they really phoned it in. Finally, you will actually get to uh, be in the presence of the man, uh, the uh, the great man, for a few minutes, Doctor Brain. He takes you into his ultimate control room, and that's pretty much where the game winds. Yeah, he up. he shows you the. Now I will say the ending of this game is very cool. Uh, you see uh, little digitized pictures of all the people that worked on the game. They appear in television sets. This kind of looks like a TV control room. So the ending of this game is definitely above and beyond a lot of game endings that we see. What do you so think that's, about that's these? Cool. You know, we see a lot of these games where the the people that made the game sort of slip themselves in there. Maybe they're digitized. Maybe their name pops up. Maybe you got sings about them. What do you think about a, a guy or a team of guys like 
stick themselves in the game like that so overtly. Are you down with that, or is that sort of? Yeah. Why? Why would you not do that? Huh. If you, you know, if you spent a huge part of your life working on a game, why would you not want to have your your visage appear in a playful way on the credits? I don't know. If I if I went to the whole cast of Doctor Brain. Do I really care who Dean Schmoo is at the end? I want to see some well, action. It's not about it's not about the it's not about the player, but it's a you know it's the it's the when you when you watch a movie, do you always stay and read the names on the credits? God no. no. But it's not it's not for you. you. You know what they do in the movies? Like you ever see a Marvel movie in the theater? The, yeah, the movie, I hate I hate what they do. The that. movie they put ends, stupid crap at the and end then of they the put credits. they put the, but the yeah, but no, not it's not even at the end of the credits. They maybe something. But I'm talking there's a there's a spot between after the movie and before the real credits roll mm-hmm. and they put a gimmick in there that's what yeah. i like if guys yeah. want to if but if, again that this is so much better than just having a scrolling credit scene i don't understand why you're down well, on no, this no. this is better than most game endings that of show, on, of games that we've got i'm just saying i want a happy medium like you know those games where like there's a menu and it says at the bottom it's like about and you click it then they can put in the wacky thing this that's game a, has that also well yeah but you only need one you don't need them both from saying why are you complaining about this? i don't know i just i don't know it's something that always what a bo- stupid thing to complain it always about. bothers me in these games that doesn't always bother me but sometimes it does so as well so Bo, what do you think of this game i mean we were sort of all over the map with what are your thoughts on this thing listen one of my favorite books of all time is a book called grover goes to the museum okay I'm sorry. Please go. I'm not laughing at you. Uh, it's, it's something's in my eye. Go ahead. <laughs> and Grover, uh, you know, he goes in all these different rooms in the museum, and it's just cool because you, it, it's they're very the art is very good. The art is very good, and yeah. that's the way I kind of feel about the Castle of Doctor Brain. Now, are the colors the best in this game? No, but each one of these rooms looks cool. You know, each one of the puzzles. Uh, does not look great. Okay, some of the puzzles definitely have a lot more artistic quality than others, but you really get the idea that you're moving through different floors of the castle, and it puts you again. This is the opposite of of the reason why I hate dungeon crawlers. Because in dungeon crawlers, you're doing the same crap over and over again for dozens of hours in this dank, dark dungeon where all the walls look the same. In the castle of Doctor Brain, every floor is completely different. So when you complete a level, part of the treat is getting to see this whole new section. And I really like, I'm a sucker for this like pseudo 3D art perspective, you know, this kind of forced perspective. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, now, this game is all over the map. There are some things, there are some puzzles in this game that are great, some that are okay, and some that are awful. Yeah. And that's not even counting the things that aren't really puzzles. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is the the designer of this game, I think, wanted to make a computer version of one of those books that you get that are full of puzzles. Okay? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. When you get one of those books full of puzzles, did you ever get a book like that to take on a car trip or something like that? Oh, yes. Many. That's all we had. That was our our Game Boy boat. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. When you can't get past a puzzle or if you don't like a particular section of puzzles, what do you do with the book? You throw it at your dad while he's driving. No, oh, you that's flip right. To the you next rip it out. You rip the page out. You flip to the next chapter and you work on puzzles in a genre that you enjoy, and that's what would have made Doctor Brain a great game. If they would have said "Welcome to the Castle of Doctor Brain" and then brought you into a foyer, a foyer 
where you had all of these different rooms and you could choose the order to which you attack the room. So you could say, well, I like these, I like time puzzles, so I'm going to go to the time room first. You've still got to beat all the puzzles to get to Dr. Brain's office, but let you let the let the user, let the player choose what order they want to tackle the puzzles in and at least they'll get to see everything because I guarantee you 70% of the people that played this game would have got stuck at that stupid uh, that stupid cuckoo clock puzzle because it makes no sense. It makes no logical sense what you have to do. You know, the brilliant Chris Edwards here, just he, he made a br- very genius level comment. I'm gonna, this was the first Panic Room game. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was listening to Boat. This is like the crap you would find in a panic room, a lot of this stuff. It's amazing. And I think, first of all, you're dead on with the uh, with the foyer gimmick, okay? But this guy, you got to give him credit. He was a slave to the idea of the castle Dr. Brain. You move up the castle, and that's and so he liked that. That's the way he did it, all right? I agree with you. If you don't like one castle... You you uh well it's not it's not even the castle it's just you've got a ca- a castle has tons of rooms in it right why don't you just let the player you choose what room they go to first I, well I'm just saying I agree with you but this guy had a vision man he wanted to yeah do he it. did have a vision and You're also right. remember this game was sort of like from the early 90s where they punished ignorance they they demanded yeah, yeah, that's they right. especially give you a Sierra free ride. games they were yeah. well known for punishing you know, ignorance so that's the way games. it goes now with all that said both. Uh, so I would I would say we both agree that this is a, a sort of fun. This isn't the kind of game I could just put the Luke in front of and say go to work, kid, because he would be too hard to figure out. But I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was hard for Dad. Uh, yeah. But I could see where they were going. And this, it, well, it, I, I think you had a great idea there. This would be a perfect game for a teacher to be there at the front of the class, have the class gathered around it, and the kids try and figure stuff out. The kids are shouting out answers. You're trying stuff. You're getting through these is is a team. Yeah, that's know? exactly that. That it's exactly what I thought. Now, at, at the end of the day, our opinions matter a little. Let's see what the opinions of all the geniuses in the magazines uh, were at the time. But okay, man. So Amiga Action uh, gave this a seventy-nine. Amiga Format an eighty-one. I should mention that the good folks over at Lemon gave it a seven point two five. So you're going to see a trend here. Uh, Amiga Mania brother gave it a seventy-eight. See uh, you, Amiga seventy eight, the one seventy five. But then you got some lower scores where people just didn't get into it. Amiga Power when they, uh, gave it a sixty one. Uh, you know our friends over at Amiga Joker, they also punish ignorance, and they thought this game was ignorant. Gave it a big fifty percent vote. Middle mm. of the road. Uh, the total cumulative score, as determined by the folks at Lemon, seventy two percent. So what we're talking here, uh, we're talking a passing grade here, boat. Uh, but uh, wh- how would you, you know, we've uh, we've done some good educational titles. How would you compare this in terms of the quality to a Mavis Beacon, for example, or a, a Carmen Sandiego that we did in the last couple months? Well, I don't know that you're really coming out of this game with a whole lot of extra knowledge. Yeah. You know, this is a game that teaches you how to think logically sometimes, but it's not really a game that's teaching you a specific skill. Like, it's not teaching you how to type. It's not teaching you how to, you know, look up things in an encyclopedia or geography or something. So I don't know if it's, would you even call it, you know, entertain or edutainment? Would you call it entertainment? It's a better question. <laughs> no, I would. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, I think you learn. It's like, it's like, like you know, the, in the chat, they're, they're saying this is like the first escape room game. Yeah. Like when, that's are what, those that's escape what I said, rooms? panic room. That's what I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. 
are those escape rooms? Are they are they teaching you things? I mean, I guess they you're 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 using your brain. They're testing you, testing your yeah. logical abilities to work under pressure. Uh, uh, so I I think I think this qualifies. I mean, certainly if Mavis Beacon is the king dong of actually you getting a skill from playing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's number one. But I and I think this was a distant third behind Carmen San Diego, where you learned something in that too. But yeah. I mean, there's this is more of something to test you to make sure that you're still frosty, and to uh, like you said, this would be a great fun. Like you, you know, at the end of the class, you got like a half hour. I don't right. know what you do in the Absolutely. band, but if yep. you're like, if you got a bunch of like fifth graders or third yeah. graders, you're like, mm-hmm. hey kids, mm-hmm. it's time for fun, and they're like, oh god, no. Then you break <laughs> this out, and they might get into it because it's just wacky yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only the only the only foil in that plan was when if you get to one of those three D maze levels, because then everybody's screwed. <laughs> You're not getting through that with the fifth grade class. So how do we do over on the Discord, Boaster? We got some reviews. Uh, Jigglebox says, "My wife and I had a lovely long weekend at the castle and found our host, Doctor and Mrs. Brain, to be excellent company. The breakfasts were fantastic, and it was only a short walk to the nearby beach. We have no hesitation <laughs> in recommending this to other TripAdvisor users as excellent value for money. Eight out of ten. Jigglebox. He, he went <laughs> above and beyond with that that description. Da Crabs MTG says it's the best game of all time because I suggested it. LOL. Eleven out of ten. He said he beat it in five minutes, boat just now in the chat. <laughs> wow. Do you believe it's that? Impressive. Makes us look kind of dumb. <laughs> Graham W. Vebke says I'm usually somewhat excited by puzzle games, but this game doesn't do it for me. There's probably a decent game here if you spend time with it, but finding the enthusiasm to spend time with it is the challenge. I had great difficulty reading the brown with black text, cyan with orange text green with red text, etc. All eye-burning disasters. It's a shame they didn't spend a time making the visuals better here. I also don't understand why many of the puzzles didn't take up all the screen, but instead were windowed and small with often gaudy backgrounds. Aaron, this might be a good time to do the old port that. comparison. Uh, oh, good po- good idea, Bo. You- this was released on Amiga and DOS and NEC, a few others. Uh, and what you got here is sort of like what we said, sort of a washed-out mess of a, of a game. I mean, when compared to the Big Dog, uh, the DOS version of this, the VGA version, you don't see it until you get sort of into the game a little bit. I'm going to skip ahead here so you can kind of get an idea of, uh, of what it looks like. But uh, you can see that the DOS version is glossier. I mean, just look at that. You can tell from just that scene right there if you're watching on the video. The stones look better. The shadowing looks better. It's just a it's a sharper image than you would get mm-hmm. on the on the Amiga. In my opinion, what do you think, Bode? Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, I know I know it's a, it's it's a, it's a joke at this point, but it, this really looks like the AGA version of the game. There's just there's more there's more variance in the amount of colors that are on the screen. Yeah, and just it's just a, it's cleaner looking, and so you're gonna yeah. get, that's what you're gonna get though because uh, VGA. I mean, it took them a while, but they eventually caught up. Now, I will say, in the defense of the Amiga. Uh, in '92, it's not like everybody had a sound card in VGA. Sure, you know. Sure. So, so it's not like everyone that had a PC was playing it at this level, but it was available if you needed it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we move on to our next review. Oh, and we finish up Graham. Actually, Graham says even novice level is a challenge, so a clue book is probably needed unless you have patience and previously said enthusiasm. Overall, I give this six out of ten. And finally, pixels. Excuse me, Pixels of Dawn writes, he says, I started this up, cranked it up to expert, and rapidly paid the price. 
And like a lot of edutainment titles, this is more of a puzzle game than a straight educational title. Almost in the vein of something like Mist or The Seventh Guest, but dang, this at expert level is a challenge to an adult. The puzzles do seem to be fun, but I'm stuck near the start at the moment because I suck at sliding tile puzzles. Oh, but I refuse. I refuse to turn the difficulty down, and I'm looking forward to playing this again. <laughs> I like the atmospheric music, but the graphics are clearly downscaled VGA graphics, and the engine is a bit slow and clunky on the 68,000. That said, this is actually a decent challenge for adults and one of the better edutainment titles I've seen on the platform. Looking forward to more, 7 out of 10. I can't imagine what the slide puzzle is on Expert. Too hard. Too yeah, hard, because I, I hate those. I remember having those as a kid in the car, and I realized pretty early on that you could just pop those little tiles out and put them into any way you wanted. That's what I used to do. You know, Aaron, it'll uh, it'll probably make you love the Mac even more to know that the only game that shipped with the original Macintosh computer was the sliding tile game. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something. I, I wanted to mention this before we moved on. Uh, those old puzzle books used to get. Yeah. Uh, this game, if you look at the box, this includes a puzzle book. So, oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> so, to mention that. You're right. <laughs> so I will say they had the same thing in mind, but they stuck just stuck a puzzle book in the book. So good move. Oh, one last item. The eBay on this. Uh, I looked it up. Uh, they are available now and again. Uh, I've seen one go recently uh, in the States. 45 bucks give or take and or 25 bucks so you may you may be paying into the 20 to 40 dollar range if you look around yeah yeah all right aaron well let's go ahead and leave the the, the fabulous castle of dr brain bid mr brain and his lovely wife adieu and head on over to the youtube channel to see what's been going on over there man good idea boaster so uh, pretty normal week this week. Uh, we'll start off with myself and the Brent on ARG Presents. We had a, we had a fun time, uh, Boat, this week. We looked at the Jupiter Ace. It was a return appearance for the Ace. And uh, what a what a nutty system this is. Uh, the, the big draw for the Jupiter Ace was that it used the, op- the uh, programming language fourth in yes. lieu of basic on it. And uh, uh, so this just was just it was a supposed to be ten times faster than basic boat. Uh, we looked at a couple games. I looked at a game called Aller, which on the surface looked like a pretty cool game. Uh, you play an owl, you get out to pick up eggs with letters on them, and you go up to the top and try to make words out of them. Try to match the word that the computer's thinking of. And when you put the egg down on the little tray, it will tell you if your letter is to the left of that or to the right of it, or you got it right. The problem is, this plays like double secret super death boat. It's ah, 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 in Cossigle. So this looked like a good idea, but sucked. Yeah, well, it's one of those games that sounds like a good idea in theory, but in uh, in actual application, uh, especially because the letters are random and scrambled, so sometimes you just don't get the letters you need, which yeah. is no good. Yeah, yeah. Did you try this one, Boat? No, no, I just yeah. I listened to you guys talk yeah. about it. Uh, my brother got a little more conventional and played a game called Tut Tut. This is like a port of a port, basically. Uh, it's funny, the guy that did this, he that poured this over, he just did it in 2020. And his name is George Beckett. And he actually watched the show. And, and he actually, because uh, I told him, I, I mentioned that I had trouble playing this on the Mr. Because I didn't have an Ace file to use. He had to file in a, in a tap format for a mm-hmm. cassette. 
and he mm-hmm. made an ace file for me and uploaded it. So he, he contacts and said he thought the re- it was a good review. So it's always neat to hear from the people that actually made the game. Uh, so that was cool. But this is a pretty fun game, uh, Boat. I think you'd get a kick out of this. Let's sort of run up your alley. It's it's kind of reminded me of Speed a little mm. bit, Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, a fun time. So that, if you're into the Jupiter Ace or just want to tr- look at something different for a change, uh, this would be a fun show to watch. Uh, next on the docket, Boatster. Uh, by God, we went and did it. It's the 1200XL show. And this time out, we chose Montezuma's Revenge. What do you, why don't you talk about it, Boat? So Montezuma's Revenge is a game. It's it's one of our bedroom coder games. Uh, the guy that did this, I believe, was only 16 years old when he did it. It's a classic story. Him and his dad formed a uh, a uh, an unstoppable business team. Uh, and uh, he went forth and, uh, and, and got this thing published by none other than Parker Brothers, which was a huge name in the uh, in the computer and uh, console market in the at this time in eighty two through eighty four, Parker Brothers was paying big bucks for licenses, and um, this is a game that's sort of like uh, uh, America's version of a game like Manic Miner or Jet Set Willie. It's a uh, it's a lot easier. It's a lot more forgiving, but it's a flip screen platformer. Uh, you're going through. You're collecting different items. You are, but you're you're using those items for various things. I guess there's there's really it's a little bit deeper because you're not just trying to get through the game. You're actually collecting items and using items. It's almost sort of like, and I think we talked about this on the show. It's sort of like a pre-Metroid type game, uh, Metroidvania, if you will. So uh, it, it's definitely one of the best games uh, on the Atari Eight Bits. Uh, it's it's a stone cold classic. You owe it to yourself to play it. Uh, this or one of the newer versions, the Montezuma DX, is also very good. So uh, check it out, uh, and um, yeah, it's it's a great game. It's also you can play it on the uh, on the ColecoVision had had a uh, version of it. Listen, it's we both discussed it. It's, it's a top one of our both our favorite games. Just love it. It is way easier, way way easier than way, way Jet Set Willie. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a challenge. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. it, this is far less frustrating than those, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's cute. Uh, and Boat uh, has a ha, does a great job with the history on this. I really enjoyed your uh, history uh, part of this boat. It was real interesting to well, see how, where this guy came from. So well done on that. So yeah, check that out. That's twelve hundred XL. Next on the docket here. Oh man, I, well I'm going to talk about it. The Tato Egret Too Mini. If you tuned in, uh, when did we record this boat? Was it last Sunday or was this? Well, last it was Sunday? a week ago today. Holy smokes, Boat Boat pulled one of his patented bits. And blindsided me with this show. Didn't tell me we're doing it. Didn't tell me the subject of the show. And what we talked about was the Tato Egret 2 Mini, which is a Tato Mini cabinet that has a special, a couple of special gimmicks. Uh, it will split. It will. The screen will will turn into Tate mode uh, if you so choose to play the Tate games. And you may also uh, you can also use separate controls on it. To uh to have a spinner and uh, what was the other thing? It was a spinner and something else on there. Wasn't a it, spinner but? and a trackball. Right, a trackball. So if you want that sort of stuff, you're golden. He also has a separate controller. There's a different type of controller. What was the final tally on this thing? If you wanted the whole. So if ball you get a, if you get it all, if you get both controllers, I think there's a there's a CD soundtrack plus the unit itself. It's an expensive proposition. We're talking about four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And then we get into, uh, I don't know how we got into the conversation of comparing. First, we compare 
uh, Star we we fight about which is better, Space Invaders or Dragon's Lair. Then we compare the mini to arcade machines. We go off on very multiple weird tangents in this. <laughs> so if you want to just if you want to see me pop a blood vessel at one point and generally have a conniption, this is the show for you. All the while, Boat gleefully sucks away on its stupid water. So there you go. <laughs> that that was that show. And then Boat wouldn't put it up and it, it did okay for us. Now, guess who's back in town, Boatster? Jack Flack. He's back. Oh, yeah. And this time out, and I watched this, I was live, I was happy because we hadn't seen the Flackster for a couple weeks. He'd been on vacation in Florida. Mm-hmm. But he's back. And he's back with the Vengeance Boat. It was time for him to play some wacky... He played a demo there, but it was time for wacky vacation pictures because it was California Games Boat. California Games... We've, played, we've had a couple of cups of coffee with the old California Games back in the day. Oh, yeah, on multiple systems. And you'll recall our the heated uh, foot bag competition we had uh, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of our... Uh, one of the our, original Amigos High Score Challenges yeah. from way back oh, in the day. Oh, man. Uh, th- and th- those were a lot of fun, too. Uh, they're always they're always a good time. But the flat goes to work, plays. He goes to all the events. By the way, Flack's great at this game. Uh, it was sickeningly good. I was appalled at how great he was compared to how horrible we were. Yeah, I'm horrible. At hey, this. what what's your favorite event on this boat? We were talking Foot about it. it's, that's Foot what bag. I said, and yeah. people were surprised. And a lot of people said they liked BMX racing. I, I don't. Like. I think BMX racing is too punishing. because yeah. well, the first thing I do is immediately land on my neck. And then they say, I can't continue. I will Listen, say. Listen, I've landed on my neck tons of times. I still continue. That would explain a lot, Boat. It would explain that Egret 2 conversation <laughs> if, if you land on your bean a few times. We can all agree that the worst of it on this was by a long shot. It's that idiotic skating event. We all hate yeah. that. Well, the, the controls on that are just atrocious. Yeah, that stupid chick. She needs to stay off the skates. Walk, honey. So anyway, if you want to watch the Flaxster get down to Funky with some California games and go through the whole bit. And show some amusing and adorable pictures. This is the stream for you. Black is back. It's good to have him back in the fold. Now, moving right along. Look at this boat. It's the Acetronic MPU 1000 Games Montage. Yeah. Where did this come from, boat? Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, I, with bananas. I have no idea where this came from. <laughs> I don't know what the Acetronic MPU is, and I well, am on a part of, part of ARG Presents. So I, I was going to say, this may be something that you guys need to need to cover. I guess this was one of the first <laughs> console uh, color consoles on the market, uh, 1978. So we're talking about, you know, very early, early on. Uh, and I will up, say <laughs> that uh, uh, these games sort of resemble uh, maybe Odyssey 2-type games. Um, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of maze games. There's a lot of shooting games. Uh, this is basically, you know, if the Atari 2600 hadn't gotten the developer support that it did and people didn't really, uh, learn how to use it to the extent that they did, this is sort of what we would have ended up. Cause this is, these are like gen one 2600 games, basically. These don't look bad. No, they don't you look know, bad honestly, at all. I'm looking at these. I'm like, you know, cause I was, I mean, the Acetronic MPU, I got to look into this thing and there's a thousand it says here a thousand games montages. Surely not. No, 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 no. The MPU one thousand is oh, the name of the system. Oh, I got it. I was just checking your chain, but I think that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> a thousand games montage. That's a lot of games of that thing. But these do look pretty good, boat. I mean, they yeah. look they look pretty similar to some of the pre. You know, listen, they didn't reinvent the wheel here. 
every machine has a lot of these games. I wonder what well, that, that was pinball out. game. That pinball game looks looks man. How often, <laughs> looks do you have to, how often do you have to replace the motors in these things? When you take, you get to pull the pot. These things just spin it like they're going to out of control. Listen, Hermsky, <laughs> I salute you, my friend. You've done it again. Just when you think he's running out of wacky things, he's whacked it up again. So check that out for the love of God. You got to look at that. Now, speaking of gotta watch, it's our good pal. Frodo NL. Mm-hmm. Frodo. Now this is an older, older video. I mean, this is taped a little couple weeks ago. You may be alarmed to learn, Boat, that if he doesn't have it by now, I think he was in the chat. He will be having it soon, but I think he's got it. This is a man with a beautiful turquoise quaff of hair, Boat. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He's got it. He's he's got it now. He was streaming yesterday, and I watched oh. a little bit of it. He's got he's got the blue hair. It's Outstanding. On. I love that. Good for you. Listen, Frodo went and raised some funds, and one of the uh, push goals amongst the many, many goals was to get the old hair dye job, mm-hmm. and he went and did it. Like he he manned up and went to work, and I I uh, approve of that. I mean, anyone that would wear a penguin suit as much as he does, blue hair didn't seem like that big a chore to me. Right. Uh, he has a go. This is part two of his look at the first years of the Nintendo Game Boy. We talked about how this is a system that's sort of close to your heart, Boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And in fact, at 40 minutes and 8 seconds, he played the one and only Hinkayo Alien, one of my favorite games that you you had a little dabble with on your Game Boy stream last week. It is funny. I did have a uh, Friday night Amigo Aaron disaster stream, and we played Game Boy games. And uh, uh, we did. <laughs> yes, I do remember. This is one of your favorite games. I love this game. I had no idea what was happening in this game, Boat. I I never knew either. I just like. Why is this one of your favorites? It's it's a world you want to exist in, man. I don't live it because this guy's making holes and those creatures will eat you. (laughs) And when they catch you, they actually devour you on screen. Yeah, that's part of the fun. That's not fun. I don't want to be devoured. So anyway, (laughs) check out Frodo and his Nintendo Game Boy Part Two, and also uh, uh, just to just to knock it back a step. Frodo and uh, Jack Flack, they both stream. So if you can, hop on Twitch, look them up, and check out their various streams. Frodo streams, gosh, at least four, three or four times a week. Uh, Flack streams every Wednesday at, I believe, 9 o'clock. He'll do his Sprite Castle show. Uh, so they're both, they're like a yeah. clockwork. And Frodo's, Frodo's Switch channel is Frodo NL, and yes. Flack's Switch channel is Robo. Thank you, Boat. Thank you. That's that's why that's why we keep you around, my friend. I think that's all we got here. Oh, Boat, what, what's what happening this week? Oh, boy, I hate to ask this. What's happening on this week in retro, in retro this week, Boat? Well, this past week, we actually, we asked the question, Aaron, uh-huh. is the retro bubble about to burst? Yes. Uh, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk on, uh, on the, uh, on on different articles saying that people have run out of stuff to uh, to spend money on. They're in the they're in the pandemic. They're they're locked up. They were locked up for a year. They they found a bunch of hobbies, but now that they're going out again, and now that now that the you know the outdoors is picking back up as an activity, are we reaching the end of crazy high prices? So I think that you and I may have a discussion about that after the show. So we'll we'll table that for now. Yeah, but because I have talked an about that. We also talked about a new game called Wing Leader, Aaron. Now I know yeah. that you, uh, you, you, you check this out. You're a big Wing Commander fan. I am. And uh, and uh, did you did you did you like what you saw here with Wing Leader? Well, we'll see. We'll see what how it goes. I like it. You know, a, a jacked up Wing Commander. Yes, 
That's what I want. So I would love to see that. So we will see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah. I, I found it intriguing. But let's put it that way. Uh, we talked about there's a guy that has figured out how to make his own ZX81 or ZX80 uh, using, of course, uh, nothing but new parts. So unlike the Amiga projects where you have to use uh, donor chips, uh, you can actually build a ZX80 or 81 out of, uh, you know, uh, parts, just normal electronics parts. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Uh, and, and finally, there is uh, a new uh, disk of data found for one of my favorite games of all time, Earthbound. The uh, JRPG that's really, really wacky. Uh, one of the translators thought that he wrote over a disc full of uh, dialogue that was later cut from the game, but they he, he gave the disc to the Video Game History Foundation. They used some reverse uh, magic to somehow resurrect the data, even though it had been written over. And uh, so now there's a couple more lines of dialogue that we didn't know about, and it, it, there's, it's uh, pretty, pretty crazy stuff that they cut. So you can listen to that and of course we have our normal uh friendly banter between neil and i so yeah this week in retro make sure you listen to the latest episode uh we'll talk more about that next week hey this earthbound gimmick do you, does this yeah. make you care i mean is i mean you said uh, you said that i couldn't tell if you were joking did they literally just find a little bit of dialogue or is this they like literally they deal? found a little bit i mean the the dialogue was funny you could tell why it was cut there was uh-huh. a there was a scene where you had to go to the beach and they're like, you need to go get an oil massage from this chick. She gives real interesting massages on the beach. Oh and, that, and so that was one of the lines that was cut. But it's nothing earth shattering. It's not like they, they found like a secret dungeon that hadn't been, you know, published or anything. Uh-huh. But it's always fun when you have things that were lost and then somebody thinks they're gone forever and they come back. I like the fact that Earthbound was working a little blue, Boat. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that covers it, Boaster. Uh, a pretty busy week this week, but we we had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, we've got high score challenges going on all the time over on the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord. Uh, we still have uh, the uh, wacky Helter Skelter high score challenge on Amiga. And then on the Spectrum, we are winding down our Jetpack Challenge. It's going to be live for another week or so. Uh, you can get in there, post your high score on Jetpack. Yes, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron, we've reached the part of the show where we thank all the fine folks that make this show possible, including our Twitch subscribers. Now, Aaron, uh, of course, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel. Uh, we, If you like watching the show live, we record every Friday at 5.30. If you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, you get to sub to us for free, and it still throws us a couple bucks, so we appreciate that. We want to thank... Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Dah Crabs, MTG, Eeyore4077, Scumboy, Blow Jellyfish, Frodo and L, Chronosnet, Orom, Blue Train, Christian Russell, Negsol, Explorer, Jigglebox, Uber Scuba Diver, Gary Heather, Peeplo, Lumen808, Paco Take, Ame Steph, Retro Jerry, Hermski, Smrediger1, Buck Owens, RMC Retro, Jost80, Dave Velociraptor, ZZ Zierfall, Matt Dufort, Litwarski, Butterberg 3000, Daves and Donuts, Texas Footballer, Exile in Paradise, John Marshall 3, RetroRewind.ca, Chris Edwards Restoration, Beach Bum 7, Still Adolescing, McCheesers, and Pixel Rages. All right. Thank you guys so much for subscribing yep. to us on Twitch. A lot of new names in there, Boat. Absolutely. We love it. We love it. We appreciate it. All right, Aaron. Now, uh, we did pick up some new 
uh, Amigos supporters this week. We want to give a special welcome to Mcchessers. I think I called them Mcheesers earlier, but it's actually Mcchessers. Mcchessers sounds like the newest like potato chip or something. Right, Mcchessers. Right. <laughs> what a so welcome, Mcchessers. Sorry for messing up your name right off right off the bat. And we want to welcome Chris Edwards from the fabulous Chris Edwards Restoration Channel. Yeah. Thank you for becoming a patron of Amigos. And check now, out his channel. It's it's solid gold. He's always got wacky crap on there about the Amiga bug. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Aaron, last week, the Patreon song challenge was uh, come together by the Beatles. And uh, we got quite a few uh, correct responses. Uh, we got Barkbit. Super Tech Boy, Frodo NL, Ronnie Young, Chris Folds, TMX Online, Matthew Perron, Blip Blop, CBM Nut, and Edvin Helen. So congratulations to everybody who guessed. Come together by the Beatles. You continue to a... desecrate the Beatles we, month after month. Why? I like the Beatles. Why? Listen, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to turn you trying to turn the corner with you and those guys. I'm trying to make you hate them. <laughs> That's horrible, boat. <laughs> so uh, this week, Aaron, we're back to a full band Patreon song. This is why I'm not going to lie to you, Aaron. This one was, uh, was a, uh, 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 this one was not easy to do. Uh, I spent almost <laughs> as much time working on this song as I did the Castle of Doctor Brain this week. But I think you all will enjoy it. If you do know the name of the song, uh, send me a message at John at AmigosPodcast dot com. Please do not answer in the chat if you're watching live, just to make it fun for everybody. And uh, I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. All right, Aaron, hit it. Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Christian Russo, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Famicom. Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scott, Heavy Systems, Bundy Fragmore, Mark Byland, Olaf Hopermski, Jonah A.K., Simulant Alien, Rita Davilos, Raptor, Calvert Boy, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Poole, Bomb Six, The Bass, Frodo in L. Solin Lizer, Tech Major, Jurgen Bissapola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Reflection, Simon Lesh, 
happen past be killer bites and caffeine. Gary Heather, free lunch, Kate Fox, David Kiffer, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator, Ten Minute of Mega Retro Cast, Bernard Quinn. song john and amigos podcast.com and i uh, will announce the winners next week speaking of next week aaron uh it is we're we're, we're changing we're moving out of the edutainment zone mm. and we're moving in to some things that the amiga does best that's right 3d stuff Three. this next game aaron I've already had a look at it. CyberCon 3 oh, is what cyber, we're going to be doing next what, week. CyberCon 3? CyberCon 3. And guess what? There is no CyberCon 2 or CyberCon 1. That's what I was going to ask you. It's so good they started with 3. Listen, with a name like that, I can't tell you how excited I am about next week's <laughs> show, CyberCon. It's the big con, Boat. That's right. That's right. It was suggested by Amigos Game Selection Committee uh, member Blendo75. We want to thank... Da Crabs MTG for suggesting the Castle of Dr. Brain to the committee, and the committee, of course, were voting on it. We appreciate that. If you do want to become a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. You get a lot of cool things. You get the ad-free show. You get access to our Discord, and you get our undying love. Um, so, and Aaron, before we wrap this bad boy up, 
we do have quite the crowd today over in the old uh, chat. So I thought we'd uh, take a second just to say thank you to all these fine folks that are watching us live, including our fantastic moderators, Duncan Styles and Pixels at Dawn Gaming. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. And in the chat, we've got Tenmark, Alexara27, Amiga Live, Anthony Jostrob, Bitstorm, Bliplop, Joe Blow Jellyfish, Brock101, Chris Edwards Restoration, Co Brian, Commander Root, Daw, Crabs, MTG, Delamort78, Edvin Helen, Frodo NL, Ford, Jigglebox, Great Algae, Catherine, L. Curtis Boyle, All Hail, McChessers, uh, Mitsuyama, Oil of Hope, Picard 2010, Pixel Rages, Raidens, Rob O'Hara, Streamer Page Discord, probably not a bot, Super Tech Boy, Tom Toms, Toy Moy, Trevin 201, VNK, Vigoro Toxico, Violet TV, Vigoro Pros, Wishbone, Explorer, and Yamical. You got to have Thank a song to, to announce those. You got to, you got to do a duet, like a, I can a do double. A, a, the song is just 87 songs. That's all the show That's turns into. That's all the into. show is. We would have nobody want. It'd be a very short song at the end. It would be, it would be a sort of short show, yeah. All right, uh, so we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much. As always, for listening, we will see you for CyberCon. I've already forgotten the name of it. What is it? CyberCon 3. That's right, the big three. We'll see you guys later. Adios. Adios.